Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another study this week. Um, We're going to be talking about the title, uh, What is Your Aim? And so uh, we got some good discussion. Um, As always, uh, we want to... Um, if you have any questions, we want we want to hear from you. So if you want to send an email, uh, truthinagapelove at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, send us a message, whatever you got to do. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, also, uh, come and visit us on Sunday if you're in the local area. Um, we're at 370 North Schilling. We'd love to have you. Also, I was thinking about something uh, on my way in here. The, the weather has warmed up a little and I got spring fever. Oh, man. And uh, and uh, so I'm looking forward to spring. Spring brings travelers. If you're planning a trip to the Yellowstone, come see us. We're about two we hours. Love that. Two hours from Yellowstone. Uh, you can worship with us. Make your plans uh, at ten o'clock on Sunday mornings. Seven thirty on Wednesday evening. Yeah, a worship's at eleven. So ten, eleven, and then Wednesday evening, seven thirty. We'd love to have you for those of you that. Maybe coming out here to the West. I know we get some listeners from the Midwest and, and some in the East and kind of all over the country. But if you're making a trip to Yellowstone, be sure and stop and see us. We'd love to shake your hand and worship with you. So with that, uh, I, anything else you can think of, Dave? No, you actually said it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> but we'd love to have you. If you're in the area, come and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Um, but we're also thankful for you listening to the podcast and uh uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get get into our study. We got a great one, like I said. It, it comes from the Bible, David. That's what makes it great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Me so. delivering it does not make it great. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So I am in the middle of a series on focusing in on evangelism, and so we talked about the different kinds of soils last week. Um, the different kind of soils or the hearts of men, the different kinds that we're going to face as we go out to evangelize. This week was on what is our aim. And so everyone, I'm sure, recognizes that these past couple of years we have gone through um, what is called a pandemic. Yeah. You know, they, because of the, the COVID virus and Believe me when I say this, I am not downplaying COVID at all, but we have been told to stay home. Don't go anywhere. If you do have to go out, you know, mask up, stay six feet away, you know, and... Yeah, our worship has been challenged. Yeah, and and I wasn't here when the, when the breakout first started, but at Walmart, you know, they had an arrow going down one aisle, the yeah. next aisle was coming back, you know... So if you need something down the one aisle that the arrow is pointing towards you, you had to go down to the next aisle around, and you know that way you can stay away from everyone. Yeah, it was crazy, and like none of us knew what to expect. It was all new, and so oh, we, we just didn't know exactly what to expect. We we're trying to follow the guidelines, and yeah, you know, it kind of took us by surprise. It did, but we, you know, out of respect for others, out of respect for for a fellow man, everyone. You know, the, 
told us how to live. Even, perhaps even told us how to worship God. Which, really only Christ should ha- should be able to dictate how we worship Him, right? Mm-hmm. But, over these past few years, we have seen how a pandemic can change the way we think and change the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Well... What we need to realize is we are in a spiritual pandemic, and we have been. Chad, if you would like, can you turn over Absolutely. to Matthew chapter 7, 13 through, four, through 14? All right. And listen to, the, listen to the word. So if you are at home, please open your Bible. Read along with us, and, and let's focus in. On the words here in Matthew seven thirteen okay, so fourteen. Matthew seven thirteen through fourteen. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So let's focus in here in verse thirteen. Notice how he says many are the way that go to eternal destruction. Many. So we have to ask ourselves a question. Do we care enough to change the way we think? Do we care enough to go out and try to reach them and bring them to Christ? Because let's not forget, perhaps they don't even realize. Mm-hmm. They're leading themselves to destruction simply because they don't know the way. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you to go out and reach them. I'd Check. like to I'd like to also read Luke's account of this. Yes. Luke 13:24 says strive to enter through the narrow gate for mm-hmm. many I say to you will seek to enter and will not be able. That's right. And and so, you know, even though the the gate's open and you find it, you might be stopped. Yeah. Okay. Because you're not living your life the way you're supposed to. And I like how Luke starts it because he says strive, strive. Strive, I know. You know, it, finding it is not enough. We need to strive, and we need to continue towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like as we're told to follow Christ, we need to continue to follow Christ. Yeah, Christ continued to to walk towards heaven. We need to continue to walk towards heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, today, we're going to talk about making it our aim to seek the lost and bring them to Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the aim today. And the first point I made... In my lesson, actually, Chad, if you recall, we talked pretty heavily last week about being a good example. Yeah. Right? And so, we recognize how important it is that we're a good example when we go out into the world. Matthew five thirteen through 16. I'll go ahead and read this one. Matthew five thirteen through 16. And this is Christ speaking as he is, he is preaching his Sermon on the Mount. He says... You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house." Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, notice how Christ is illustrating that we have a responsibility 
to shine the light he gave us. Yeah. Now understand by this, we're not trying to shine our own light. We're trying to shine the light of Christ. Yeah. That is in us. You know, we change our life. It is our job, our responsibility to be the good example. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is to to follow Christ. You know, First uh, Peter two nine. I'm going to read this one. I'm going to read it in the King James version, and I want to call out a, a certain a certain word that it uses here. It says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." So the the point I want to make here is is salt has a very particular pl- flavor a peculiar flavor you know and i am not a chef by any means you know chefs a lot of times have a palate that they one seasoning too much they can tell but for the average person mm-hmm. you know chad you can throw in a bunch of different seasonings i may be able to tell that you ha- you use too much of one right mm-hmm. but i won't be able to call it out but if you're throwing in a bunch of seasonings plus a way too much salt, mm. everyone knows that salt, that taste that salt has. It has a very peculiar flavor, mm-hmm. you know. And so we are to be that salt. So when we go out into the world, and Chad, you you brought out how everyone knows you're you're a Christian. So you were uh, you were working with somebody, and they they kind of have a filthy mouth and they curse, and then they turn and said, "Oh, sorry." You yeah, know, and, and you're—I didn't know him that well. So yeah, but, I was like, "Oh, but he had noticed enough that." That's right. He didn't even really know you that much, <clears throat> but he, because of his his few interactions, he knew you were peculiar. Yeah, he knew you were different. Yeah, that's who we are to be. We are to be the the ones they should know we're different simply by how we act, and so we need to get our life right with the Lord. You know, that's the first step to evangelism. You need to be the good example. I like that chosen generation, too. Yeah. We're chosen. That's right. You know, everyone's chosen. Yeah. You have that opportunity to go. Yeah. To to go through that gate. That's right. Everyone has the opportunity. It's just, unfortunately, not a whole lot of people take that opportunity. (laughs) I always like to uh, say God got lucky in using that analogy, you know, uh, because it's funny and I'm I'm being sarcastic, of course. Anyone that's that's tried to drive cattle, or sheep, or pigs—I mean, pigs are almost impossible to drive. You yeah. guys got to lead them with food. Um, but anyone who's tried to drive cattle through a gate in a large pasture—it <laughs> is so difficult because the only place they want to go is through you. Yeah, they, they want to come right at you because you want them to go that way. The opposite way, in through the <laughs> gate, and it's it's really interesting because it's so difficult to get them, and and I, I'm thinking this as Christians, it's so difficult to get them to understand that the gate is behind you. Yeah, go through that gate, and finally, after lots of work, a lot of times, I mean, I've taken sticks and beat them over the head, you know, <laughs> and they still don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, you, or usually, even if you're on a horse, it's still difficult as can be. Mm-hmm. And once they find it, they all go through. You know, once yeah. you once you find that breaking point, and they realize, oh, this cowboy is trying to help me. You know, 
and, and it and and a lot of times the gates in them it's easier to push them in a gate in the middle of a pasture than the corner i don't know why it just is huh but once one finds it then they just all go you know yeah um and and so i'm, I'm trying to think of uh, uh the lessons that we can relate with that experience in my life and maybe some of you listening have, have experienced the same thing i know i'm sure you've seen it or faced trying yeah. to get an animal to go in a certain direction is difficult sometimes yeah it's also difficult to get my kids to go in the right direction i want them to do yeah and so are we challenged as christians to teach the word yeah, yeah absolutely it's tough and sometimes you feel like giving up like you do at times when you're working cattle okay well and you know to use that analogy uh, you know i think of the past and how i was and mm-hmm. it was like Christ trying to get me to go through the, do his work, and here I was stubborn like a, well, like it, a cow, and just trying to turn every and that's which a great way point. except that way. That's a great point because um, it would be easier for me um, to try to drive a cow through the gate now than when I was a kid, or or someone who knows nothing about cows is going to really struggle about because they don't know the tricks. There are tricks, right? Pressure and relief tricks that you learn over time on how to handle cattle. You can do it wrong. Yeah. And usually, if you don't know anything about it, you're doing it wrong. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And, 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 and like you said, it's the same as Christians. Yeah. If, if, we're not, if we don't grow and, 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 and improve our knowledge of God's Word. Yeah. If we don't do that, we're going to be like the first timer trying to teach someone about the gospel. Yeah. We can't teach them if we don't know it ourselves. That's right. And so, like you're saying, you've come leaps and bounds from when you were a kid. Yep. Uh, to be more learned in the scriptures. Yeah. And better able to teach others. Yeah. Because, man. In, it didn't happen overnight, right? You no. Know, like, in high school, I was an idiot, man. Like, I... <laughs> you and me both. Hey, you know... I, if you told me to do something, I wouldn't do it just to spite you. You yeah. know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what it is. And so, <clears throat> well, and and that's just the thing. It's it's we have to recognize that this skill doesn't happen overnight, and that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, but and and imagine me being like I was in high school, trying to lead someone else to Christ. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen. Yeah, because they're going to call me out for every hypocritical thing I do. Right. So. The first thing we need to do is shine our light, because that's what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. You know, as it talks about in Galatians 2.20, he said, Paul there says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that is who we are. What a gift to be called. That's right. To and be a chosen. Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. So, live like Christ, yeah. and and that's what we are called to do. No greater gift. That's right. Than that, and to be a chosen. I mean, yeah. you want to be chosen. Anyone who is willing to live like Christ is is chosen. Yeah. You know, anyone who is who is willing to change their life to fit the mold of Christ. Mm-hmm. Everyone has hope. Yeah, it's an, all we need to do is be willing to change our lives to an, fit it. It's an incredible gift. That's right. And then, so once we have changed our life, that's when we need to make it our aim to seek the lost. Mm-hmm. 
Chad, can you read Romans 15 for me? Sure. I was actually going to Galatians. I thought that's where you were going next. I already read it. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. You did. It's you all did. right. You did. <laughs> all right, Galatians. No, Romans 15. Romans 15, I'm sorry. Romans 15, I got it. You're good. <clears throat> where is it? Romans 15. Uh, 20 and 21. Okay, here goes. 20 and 21. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. Through 22? No, did you read Roman? Oh, wow. Yeah, I see what I did there. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> no, you did right. Um... I messed up in my lesson, actually, and I didn't even recognize it. So, <laughs> I read it wrong at services. So, anyway, notice how Paul says in verse 20, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on another man's foundation. Yeah, yeah. So, we are to seek the lost, you know, and that's not to say that we don't co-labor together. Like, Chad, if you have a study and then later you're like, hey, brother, can you just come in, you know, by that point, you've already planted. I'm just going to come in and water. Yeah, you know, sure. God adds the increase. That's what co-laboring is. But what this does mean is after I come over and, and study with you and, and the study you've got going on, I don't go home and just be like, all right, I've done my part. I'm, I'm good. From there, I need to go and still seek the lost. Seek the ones who have not heard the truth about Christ yet. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what Romans 15 is talking about there. And so that's what we are to do. Seek that which is lost. Because let's like just like where we started tonight in Matthew 7:13, there are many who are being led to destruction. Yeah. Find the many and show them the way. I need I need and you need to care enough about the lost to go out and seek them. Go yeah, ahead. And, and, and the thing is, you need to seriously look at your um, religion. And if it's if you're only there for the social part of it, you need to change Yeah, the way you think about religion. Because it's not a club. It's not, you know, it's not a social thing. And, and Dave, we, we see that in our area. Yeah. A lot of the people are a member of the large groups only for social. Yeah. The parties, the uh, Super Bowl parties. Yep. <laughs> the, you know, the Easter parties, the um, Halloween parties. Yeah. You know, all those things. And I actually know people that go just to those parties but don't aren't associated at all with the religion. Well, and, and you also hear people, <clears throat> um, I know I have, and this is in... in no matter where I've lived. And I've lived in quite a few places. But everywhere I lived, you have those that, well, I like what they offer. You know, they have these programs for my kids. Or yeah. they have this and, and all that. They're they're only there to get something out of it. Yeah, and I'm not trying to bash anyone. Oh, no. Because where do you find that example in the Bible? You don't. Yeah. You don't find the example in the Bible of people drawing... Uh, of God drawing people with social things. That's right. And 
you it's know, only Romans, spiritual. It's only for spiritual reasons. That's right. Well, and and turn with me to Romans. I don't mean to get us off on a path. No, here, no. But. This is this is great. Um, Romans twelve verse one. This is actually uh, a pretty common passage. But he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So a living sacrifice. You are to live a living sacrifice. Okay, yeah. It should not be about you. It's about how you can sacrifice yourself for Christ. Christ has sacrificed his life to give you hope of eternal life with him. The least you could do, and and I mean this with all respect, the least you can do is do everything for him. Because none of us deserve the love that he has shown us. Nobody. We all deserve what Christ went through, actually. You know, if you have ever studied the, the suffering of our Savior, that's what we deserved. Yeah. And he took it for us. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't deserve that. He was innocent. He was perfect. And yet, he did that because he loved us. Yeah. So the least we can do is be a living sacrifice for him. Mm-hmm. We don't go to church because it's convenient for us or because, you know, they take my kids and I don't have to worry about them for a couple hours. Or they make good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> they make good coffee or, <laughs> yeah, they have great donuts. Don't get, and Don't get me wrong. Dave and I like a good cup of coffee. I'm having one right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... It's not about you. So if you are going somewhere because it benefits you or it it pleases, it, it suits your fancy. Yeah, God expects you know? us to go to worship and be fed spiritually, That's not right. physically. Now understand, I'm also saying I love where I go. Yeah. You know, I, but it's not about me. Yeah. I love where I go because I know that we're doing everything mm-hmm. we can as it pertains to Scripture and as it pertains to how we worship God. Yeah. We are the same Christians that you read about in Acts 2. You know, we're those same Christians Mm -hmm. because we're doing the same things they're doing. Yeah. And we know that it's approved by God because that's why it's written. And what we're talking about is being better at working. And, yeah. and preaching and teaching. That's that's the point of our lesson here. Mm-hmm. And it leads into the next verse, I think, Matthew nine thirty seven. Yes. Because this is something that I really can relate to. Yeah. Uh, in in my physical work. Okay. Right. Um so can I read it? Yes. Okay, so um says then then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Yeah. You do experience okay. that right now. Now, I know what it's like to not have enough labors, okay? Yep. Uh, employ quite a few people, and we've been short on people, and we can't find anyone who wants to work. Chad, it's I very can't, frustrating. I can't tell you how many times you've come here and you're like, man, my week has been so hectic. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just been And crazy. I'm not trying to bash you, like, but you know what it's like to not have enough laborers. Yeah, and so uh, it's very frustrating. So imagine... My frustration times a thousand. Yeah. Because God here, he's saying, where's all my workers? I can't find anyone who wants to work. Yeah. I can't find anyone who wants to teach the gospel. And and what's interesting about this, in Matthew 9.37 that you just read, this was after Jesus healed 
all who were sick and all who were diseased. Mm -hmm. You know, he has been working a long time already. Like, Like what you've experienced, he's had a long day. Yeah. And this is what he says, that the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yeah, and it's a great harvest. And, and I mean, this past year, I've turned down work that I'm just like, oh, I want to do that. It's such nice work. It's gravy work. That's what I call it. But yeah. I, I just don't have anyone who can do it. I have to say no. Yeah. And and that's very difficult. And like God here, like he's saying here, like Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful. It's perfect. It's ripe for the picking. Yeah. But I got no one to pick it. Yep. You know, and that's what we're talking about. And God needs his laborers. He needs us to labor. Yeah. And what part of labor? Like, Chad, oh, you, don't, many. you don't experience this anymore because you're the boss. Yeah. But laborers don't get to, like, the one to come onto the scene. Say me. I just start working for you tomorrow. I don't get to pick what kind of work I do. I do what you tell me to do because you're my boss, right? I do what you tell me to do. And people come to to church or, or go, they want to do what, what they want to do. That's a great point um, because I don't hire someone and then expect them to just do whatever they want. Yeah. It's There's, like, I'm not going to come in and buy, be the manager, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I, I've had people, are you got any foreman positions? I'm like, you're a long ways from a foreman position, <laughs> you know? And so... <clears throat> That is a really good point because um, if I hire someone and I tell them to do something and then they go and do something totally different, they're not going to last long. No. And that's that's really what we're talking about that's a lot right. here is, is if you're not doing what God has instructed in his word, it's the same thing. It's like going down to McDonald's and expecting to be a flower, a florist. You yeah. know, You're going to go work at McDonald's and be a florist. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay, <laughs> they don't need flowers in that place. Well, they need you know, workers. I'm just that's just a quick thing that popped into my head. Okay, yeah, but it, it's this. It is exactly how people treat religion. They want to just go to religion, and and be have it be their um, YMCA. Yeah, you know, just like it says in in or Luke their gym. Six, you know, yeah, whatever, something mm-hmm. other than what it's supposed to be. Yeah, Luke six forty six. Christ here says, "But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things in which I say?" Right, exactly. We are a laborer. We do what He says, yeah. and if we want to be His labor, we do what He says. There's a scope of work, if you will. There's yeah. a scope. They tell you exactly what to do. And I get a job. I bid this job, and I get a scope of work that tells me everything they want done. I tell them how much. We go and do it. We send an invoice, we get paid, okay? Uh, if if I get this scope of work and I'm like, you know, we really don't want to do this job, we're going to build a race car instead, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How happy do you think that customer is going to be? Yeah. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be fired and sued, probably. Yeah, exactly. Okay? You wasted my and money. So, and- yeah, so um, so that's, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. That's what God's talking about. He's got a scope of work, and it's in his word, and he tells us exactly how to do it. And it's spiritual, not physical. Yeah, and it's something that needs to be done now. Yeah. You know, it... And yeah, and time is of the essence. That's right. John four thirty five. This is right after Christ got done talking with the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. <clears throat> and then his disciples come back with food, and Christ says, I've, I've already eaten. You know, and... 
and then Christ goes on to say in verse 35 of John 4, he says, Do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Mm -hmm. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. This needs to sink in. This is There's a deep need to seek that Man, which I is love, lost. I, we got to keep going. I love yeah. I love because he says, and he who reaps receives wages yeah. and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Man, I like getting paid. Yeah. Okay. We're not doing this just for the fun of it. Okay. But our payment is not in this life. It's not in this life. It's yeah. eternal life. That's right. And it's in heaven with him. And that's where we want to be. And that's mm -hmm. our payment. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's like, say, for example, you've worked $15 an hour your whole life. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you go and you work 20 minutes and make a million. Mm -hmm. Buddy, you don't deserve that. You know, 20 minutes worth of work is not worth a million. Yeah. And that's like how heaven is. We don't deserve the reward that's going to be awaiting us. Well, and we that, just don't deserve it. That brings me to the to the vineyard um for the vineyard keeper that needed laborers. Yeah. He went out early in the morning, hired vineyard um That's right. He hired them early in the morning, they worked. Then he realized he needed more laborers, so he went out in the midday, needed more laborers, hired them. Uh, even clear to the, I think it was like the fifth hour, he needed more labor, so he went and hired him. That's right. And then at the end of the day, everyone got paid, and everyone got paid exactly the same. Yeah. And the ones that started early in the morning were like, hey, as as we all would be. Yeah. What's the deal, yo? He's like, did I not agree to this payment when yeah. you started? Am I wrong in this? Yeah. And 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 so, you know, and he's, he's, he's using that analogy for basically... Christians that have been Christians all their lives or That's Christians right. that have just been Christians for a, a, a short period of time. That's right. We all receive the same award. Re yeah. Reward, I should say, which yeah. is eternal life in heaven. Because that, even that, that reward is undeserved. Like, yeah. And it doesn't matter, you know, how long you've been a Christian, you don't deserve it. And, and I'm not trying to, um, I'm just trying to get everyone to recognize the blessing we have in Christ. Oh man, it's you know the our reward in heaven is going to be so miraculous. It, it's going to be so much better. I mm -hmm. mean, it's worth plucking out your eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's yep. worth cutting off your hands so you don't sin. Mm -hmm. It's worth that because that reward is worth it. And so, yeah, that's a really good point to bring out, Chad. And so now. Something we also need to recognize is that, so like we just <coughs> said, the fields are already white for harvest. They're already ready oh, it's for ripe, the picking. Ripe to pick. It, it's ready. And everyone has some ability to do this work. Now, the uh, the different, there's different ways to go about this work. I was actually uh, talking to my sister this morning, and she was... She was talking about how she couldn't, you know, she's just not, she doesn't have the kind of talent to sit down and have a Bible study with somebody because, you know, she, she'll get flustered and, and kind of lose her, her train of thought and, and so she won't get the point across and, and all that. But she is great at making people feel loved. Mm -hmm. She writes 
gives cards to everyone and anyone in the congregation that's sick or anything like that, she'll make them a meal and take it over to them. Mm-hmm. And and I told her, I said, you know what? I said, that's something every congregation needs. I said, oh, I yeah. said every congregation needs someone like you. Well, we all have different talents, right? Yeah. And, and we have to use them to our best of our ability. That's right. We all have different talents that we can put towards the service of the Lord. Yeah. Reaching out to the lost. Everyone has some talent that they can put towards it. You know, so don't think that just because, you know, you're... You're not the type that you can sit down and have a one-on-one study where you can, uh, you know, remember scripture off the top of your head or anything like that. You still have a talent that you can put towards towards the service of the Lord. Well, and you can pray, like what he says in, That's right. in Matthew 9, 38. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Yeah. If you're, if you don't, if you have a difficult time, and, and that's a real thing, like oh, what your yeah. sister you know, a lot of us uh, can, you know, get into to, to situations that feel like confrontation. Yep. And we just can't handle it. Okay. It's very stressful. It's very difficult. Others of us feed on it. Other of us can can deal with it better than, than others. That's right. So use that talent. We can all pray. Yeah. We can all pray that, that a, a study or something goes well, you know, because really, like we read, uh, you know, I planted, Apollos watered. Who gives the increase? God. God does. That's right. And so we got to pray to God to do that. Yeah. You know. And you know, I I want to focus in on what you just read in, in verse thirty-eight of Matthew nine. Okay. Prayer, like you were saying, this is something that as we do this work, prayer is crucial. Yeah. You know, we can't be like those who are beating at the air, as it talks about in First Corinthians nine twenty-six. Yeah. We need. To do this work with certainty. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can be certain is seeking God's counsel. Seeking His wisdom mm-hmm. always. And it's something that we all can do. That's right. Everyone can do that. That's right. You know, um, if you're like my sister and, and you, you, know, you, can't, sure. you can't sit down and study with somebody because that's just not how your brain functions... God made you that way. Yeah. Okay? And so, he's not going to expect you to. Mm-hmm. But she can certainly pray. Yeah. And that is needed. Pray for those who are going out, doing the work, but then also just, you know, as um, Ephesians 6. Not too long ago, we had a gospel meeting, right? And it, it was on the armor, putting on the armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 18 there, so Ephesians six eighteen, in the middle of it, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know, prayer is like, is what binds the armor to us. You know, if we're not, um, I was in a study just yesterday with somebody, and, you know, Seeking the truth, something we need to do is study and and pray. You know, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Right? It's not like you can just pray about it and be all right or just study about it and be all right. You need to constantly have a humbled heart before God. If you forget to go to Him and thank Him for the day or go to Him and, and seek 
hit what he desires of you you're going to study wrong you're you're not it's very easy to study with a dog in the fight as as kind of what I what I refer it to you know the studying trying to prove yourself right I know plenty of people who study all their life and they still have not come to the knowledge of the truth that's because they don't study to prove God right they study to prove themselves right it doesn't matter what we believe it doesn't the only thing that matters is what does God say and so the prayer constantly reminding yourself of who your master is and seeking his his wisdom Prayer is important for us when we go about to do this work. Oh, yeah. You know, what I try to do before every study I have, I try to pray before I go into that study. Because Absolutely. it's not about me. Yeah. And if you make it about you, you've it's lost. Not. You've lost that fight already because you've made <clears throat> it about you. You're it's just not. relaying God's word. That's right. And that's what we are to do. The prayer is what binds the armor to you. You know... And so that's what we do when we go out to do His work. We're seeking to further His Word, to further His way, and to show others Him. You know, that's what we are to do. And so once we go out to seek the lost, then we need to make it our aim to bring them to Christ. And so all of that plays a part to bring them to Christ. As we see in Luke 5, 27 through 32. Did you read Ephesians 6, 18? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I no, wasn't. you're good. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, apparently. No, you're good. So if, uh, Luke 5, 27 through 32. Okay. He says, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he left all rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast at his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. We are called to bring sinners to Christ. Christ is the one that heals them. You know, there are so many around us that are sick and diseased because of the sin that is in their life. They need a physician. Christ is the only physician that can help them. Mm. And so... And, and we know from Matthew 9, 9, you know, the, the same story, Levi is also called Matthew. So this is how Christ recruits Matthew to be his disciple. And so, but what we notice in the context is Matthew opens up his house to other sinners and tax collectors. So right away, we see Matthew bring others to Christ. You know, this is what Matthew did. He's he's already starting his discipleship. He brought others to Christ. That's what we are to do. We are to bring others to Christ. Yeah, and I, I think this is a big 
point here that he's trying to get across from us, and he uses tax collectors. It's important to understand that in the Roman Empire that day, of that day, tax collectors, um, they, of course, they had a job to do, but they didn't get paid um, from the government. They were collecting, and so to compensate for the job that they were doing, they would add a percentage uh, to the tax bill, and you paid that, and that's how they made their money. And they mm-hmm. developed a reputation of charging too much. Yeah. You know, and, and, and taking advantage of people, probably, especially the elderly, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But they did not have a very good reputation. And so when, when Jesus, you know, started talking to these tax collectors, and, and, and give me, give, there's probably not, they probably were not all bad. They just, there was probably some bad apples that gave them a bad rep, you right. know? The point was that that the the uh, religious people probably oh they're just a lowly tax collector they're not worth nothing uh, don't even talk to them as as we develop towards some people today that's right you know um, we can develop in our minds a uh, idea of about about someone to where we we figure ah uh, they you know they don't care about God just by maybe the way they dress maybe I mean. I mean, nothing against bikers, but if you see a you know a, Harley, a guy get off a Harley, he's got all the leather and the fringe on, long hair maybe, you know, beard, you're gonna be a little scared to talk to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Especially about God, right? Yeah. Because of their reputation. Again, not all of them are bad. Okay. That's right. Not all bikers are bad. There's just a few that have that reputation. As did the tax collectors. Yeah. Okay. But we can develop that. And and I love how he says, do the sick um, need a physician? Yeah. Yeah. They do. Do the sinners need a physician, a preacher, a teacher? Yes, they do. You know, and we're we're all there. Okay. I mean, we're all sinners. Okay. Regardless. Um, And, you know, we had a good discussion about whether one sin's worse than another. Yeah, you know, we're all sinners. It doesn't matter. It's still right. kind of like it's kind of like the gift. It all of, separates you from God. Yeah, it's the all separates you from God. Yeah. Okay. So we all need this, and of course, they're being critical of Jesus here. Yeah. And I love how he addresses it though, because you know it made him think. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You know, why do we exclude this group of people? Yep. You know, and we have to be very careful ourselves doing the same thing yeah and it could be for whatever it could be race you know why would we exclude that certain people yeah it, it doesn't it, it it's for all we keep saying that over and over again and god makes it clear that everyone is called regardless everyone that's right even these tax collectors yeah and christ was not calling these these um scribes and pharisees righteous yeah some people think that christ was calling them righteous yeah Christ was not calling them righteous. They thought themselves to be righteous. Yeah. They thought themselves to be holier than thou. And so God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. So Christ was resisting them because they were resisting Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that in it, that is also important for us to understand. If we resist God, he's not going to force you to follow him. You yeah. have to want to follow him. Yeah. Your heart has to be right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, as we seek the lost, you know, if they're like the scribes and Pharisees, okay, well, you can't do nothing with a prideful person. Mm-hmm. 
they have to humble themselves, and they have to be humbled. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Paul is a really good example of this. When he was Saul of Tarsus, he was just like the scribes and Pharisees. He thought he was, he was going out killing Christian men and women thinking he was doing the Lord's work. Very prideful. Christ needed to humble him. So Christ, Christ came to him personally. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if there's anything that will humble you, it is being in the presence of God or being in the presence of Christ as he is sitting at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he was humbled. Yeah. But then from there you see Paul being the great apostle that we know him as, you mm-hmm. know. And he still remained humbled. He, he called himself the least of all the apostles. You know, he was a humbled man. And that's what I loved about it, about him, is because he didn't let his work and, you know, all the people that he was bringing to Christ, he didn't let that pride get in. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is something, when everyone comes to you all the time for answers, it's easy to let it get to your head. Mm-hmm. It is easy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, well, you're the one with the answers. Well, so you bow up. You you begin to be prideful. And that's exactly what the scribes and Pharisees did. You know, they put themselves on this pedestal because everyone had to go to them for answers. And so, you know, they, they bowed up. And mm-hmm. they didn't want to step off their pedestal and let Christ up on there. So they resisted Christ. Mm-hmm. And so... Christ is, oh, you think you're righteous. Well, I, I came to call the, the sinner, not the righteous. Mm-hmm. The sinner needs to repent. Yeah. And so that's what we need to make sure that we are humbled before Christ. Let us not be like the scribes and Pharisees. Let us be humbled like the sinners and tax collectors that were sitting with Christ. Because those are the ones that he is saving. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, let us be like the sinner. And, well... We're all we are sinners. Oh yeah. Let us recognize our our sinful ways. Yeah. To turn away from them because we're never going to turn away from our sinful ways if we think we're fine. Yeah. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And I keep bringing this up, but like Jonah and the, and, you know, wanting to go, not wanting to go teach in Nineveh. Yeah. You know, he had a preconceived idea about his the people there. Yeah. And they weren't deserving of God. He he's like, "Why are you want me to go there?" Yeah. You know, they're not going to listen to me. And of course, ended up in the belly of a fish. And w- that's a very <laughs> common story, but I think it's Ask very, him how that worked out for him. It's very applicable <laughs> because he needed discipline for his actions for one. And and two, don't judge the people before you try to teach them. That's right. The word, you know. Yeah, and you never you will never know, and and we did talk about that. We never know what kind of soil someone is. Yeah, you know whether it's the soil by the wayside or or the good soil, whichever one, or somewhere in between. We don't know until we we seek the loss. But you know, as we know of the great apostle Paul, as we just talked about him, Chad, can you imagine working side by side by someone like Paul? Yeah. Man, be, to to see cool. a hundredfold Christian just going out and doing the work and do, being willing to sacrifice his life for the betterment of the brethren. Like, that is, that would be so encouraging. Well, someone like Paul could be right outside your doors. Mm-hmm. 
all you have to do is go and bring them to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's the reality of things. And then once we do bring someone to Christ, then make it your aim to make them stronger. Yeah. Don't leave them there. Make it your aim to make them stronger. Chad, do you want to read Hebrews 5, 11 through 14? Yeah. This is something that the the brethren here in Hebrews um, didn't grow in the Lord. And so this is, this is what um, the Hebrew writer is writing to them, and this is what he's addressing with them. Okay, starting in, in verse 11. <clears throat> of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word for righteousness, for, for he, uh, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their sense um, exercised to discern both good and evil. Yeah. So right here we see that, and I want to draw out verse 12 here. He says, for by this time you ought to be teachers. Mm-hmm. But they haven't grown at all. You know, they haven't, they haven't grown. So they have put on Christ in baptism and then stayed there. Mm-hmm. They become dull of hearing. They, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're not growing. And perhaps they're not even falling back into the world, mm-hmm. but they're just not growing. Yeah, and and that is not okay. You know, um, there's a real danger in complacency, just yeah. not doing anything. There's a real danger there. You know, just because you you are baptized into Christ doesn't mean that that's all you need to do. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> Revelation three sixteen, if I recall correctly. Let me turn over there. Okay, and then I have a comment whenever you're ready. Okay, so Revelation 3.16, he says, So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You know, this is God speaking here. The one who does not continue to grow, but just remains stagnant, they are lukewarm. Yeah. And because you are lukewarm, God will vomit you out of his mouth. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we talked about um talents you know when we talked about talents and i mentioned yeah. in maybe maybe everyone kind of misunderstood me a little cuz i was saying you have to do something kind of out of your comfort zone and then before long it's not it's not so hard right you know and you just kind of slowly progress and get better you know and that's what we're talking about not staying lukewarm or not staying a, a right. babe babe in yeah. christ and so stepping out of your comfort zone just a little makes some of the stuff that you're already doing a little easier, mm-hmm. okay? And so when you do something hard or something that you haven't done before, maybe it's uh, talk to a friend about a verse or or the Bible or or, or just uh, bringing something like that up, being scripture up, bringing religion up. Yeah. Maybe that's it, okay, That that, that that's uncomfortable, but you're going to try it, you know, and see see what happens. It, it gets easier the more you do it. And I'm going to relate it to the welding trade. I had um, Caleb was here. Yeah. You know, I took him, was teaching him some welding. 
And anytime I've ever taught someone there's different positions, you start with the easy ones and you work to the hard ones, okay? Right. Anyone who's tried to weld, um, you don't start out by welding over your head under a truck frame, okay? <laughs> That's not a good place to start, yeah. okay? That comes with time. And the thing is, is what, what Caleb noticed just in the short time that he was here was um, when I had him do a harder position, the when he went back to do the one that was easy, it was way easier, you know? And so that's what we're talking about is like stepping stones and building on top of, of things because uh, maybe after doing that, talking to a person like that, maybe reading your Bible is easier now. Yeah. You know, something that you were already doing. And, and that's what I'm talking about works. Not necessarily, of course, we know that it's a fact when we're talking about uh, uh, leading prayers maybe for the men um you know uh uh serving on the table the lord's table leading singing you know those things for the men yeah but the women have stuff to do too that are difficult as far as you know they have the same responsibility as us as far as teaching and 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 maybe and bible reading and prayer you know and those kinds of things um doing getting out of our comfort zone and doing some of the things that we're maybe a little more uncomfortable with and of course you, you know, you're never going to, if if things, if, if you're afraid of confrontation, maybe that's not your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you can find something that, that you can step out and do that makes some of the ones you're already doing easier. That's what I'm saying. That's right. And that's what he's talking about here is growing as a Christian. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a stepping stone thing. Before long, the ones that used to be hard are easy. Now we can work on some more hard things, you know? Yeah. And, and, and really, I think I know the welding trade. I think it would be that way, really, in anything. Uh, a pharmacist, okay? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't start out, you know, at the top. They had to progress. Um, any, really, anything you were set out to be, obviously, preaching, you know? Yeah. That's another big one that, that that's a stepping stone progression. Um, a police officer. Police officers start at the at the easiest parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that that's just kind of what what I think about as Christians, and that's exactly what he's talking about because he says you ought to be teachers by now. Yeah, you know that you should be way further than you are. What's going on? Quit being lazy. Get off your butt. Yeah. Well, and and <laughs> go back to the the welding. Yeah. Thing that you were talking about, like let's say for example, like you were talking about, you you started off Caleb doing the the easy weld. Yep. Let's say he Flat, never, right on the table. Easy to do. It's and, right there in, in your lap. That's right. And so let's say, for an example, he he just did that, and then he went home and never did it again. Yeah, right. When he comes back after a couple years... You're going to have to start over. He's going to have to start completely over. Yeah, that's right. Whereas in you, like that's where you started, mm. but then you continue to weld, and you continue to do the harder and harder mm. and harder, mm -hmm. and now look at you. You, yeah. know, you know, whereas in we could all as it pertains to the Lord's work, if we continue to do it, you know, we're going to be just as good at, at doing the Lord's work as you are as well. Well, and you, you know, and you gain muscle memory. Okay. That's um, right. Like, you know, having going and teaching, uh, for those that don't know, I don't weld hardly all anymore unless it's for fun. Yeah. You're going to have to go back to the first weld. For my personal. <laughs> Although last night, Pax and I are building a thing out of aluminum. It's a, it's a bandstand. And last night, I'm just welding up a storm. Aluminum. Boom, boom, boom. I can do it real easy. Yeah. It's simple. And I haven't welded aluminum in probably a pff, 
I don't know, a year maybe. <laughs> but I just, boom, we're just welding up, and it looks good, everything. And I'm like kind of, ah, oh, yeah, you know. You miss but, it. But, but guess what? I've done tons of that back in the day. Yeah. I became very proficient at it, and I can always pick it back up real easy. Yeah. It's very easy. Now, my arm hurts a little today okay <laughs> you know i'm not i'm not I, it's getting, i'm still rusty I, I i call it yeah but as christians we gotta work um and 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 of course we're not gonna quit doing it there's no retirement we talk about that all the time yeah but we have to keep progressing so that uh we can we can pick it back up or we can we can pick up a study you know and one thing that we were saying um you know you get you we had a study. You had a study last night. Yeah. And though in our minds we think, uh, this, you know, it's kind of a lost cause. Guess what? It's good practice. Yeah. You know. You know, and what's and and I love saying that because it, even if you even if it doesn't turn out very well, it's good practice for us because we get stronger and more confident to talk to other people about religion. Yeah, and you know. To to bring up because I had a study it was with your your son mm -hmm. you know and uh, he's the one that actually got the study together sure you know looking back I baptized him two years ago yeah he was a babe in Christ two years ago and what's funny is the first time I, I think it was the the afternoon he got baptized we all I think went to Wendy's or something like that and I asked him I said so you're ready to lead he's like well. G give me a little bit, you know. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I just got my feet wet. Give me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, next thing you know, he started leading in, in prayer. And then now he's leading invitations. He actually, not too long ago, had his first lesson. Yeah. You know, I I asked him to do a lesson and mm -hmm. did a great job, yeah. you know. And now here he is pulling Bible studies, yeah. you know. And that's him progressing. That's him continuing in the Lord's work. Yeah, and we can't lose that. We got to build That's on right. it. We got to build on those things. And if he stops, and let's say, it, heaven forbid, I hope he never does. Mm -hmm. But let's just say, for example, he, he falls away for, for even six months. Everything he's learned, he has forgotten. All the, all the passages that he can probably riff off the top of his head or whatever, you lose that. You know, yeah. it, it's not... This is the part of the the Lord's work that is not like riding a bike. You know, like for years I did not ride a bike. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was able to hop on a bike and just ride. Yeah, and we use that terminology all the time. Oh, it's like riding a bike. You'll yeah. never forget, you know. But the learning the scripture there is not like riding a bike, right? Where if you leave it, you forget it. Mm -hmm. Your your brain is actually really um it is designed beautifully. You continue, like you remember things that you constantly put around yourself. Like Chad, you probably know um, all the different kinds of welds. You know exactly what kind of welding tools to use for whatever mm -hmm. kind of weld. I know nothing about welding. I think it's pretty clear as I'm trying to describe this. But a good example of this. So my dad used to be... Um, the the parts um, manager okay at at the company so sure. he knew all the part numbers hmm? it, just off the top of his head for whatever anyone called him hey Norm I, I need this he would just call it up and just tell him the number he didn't have to look at the 
parts book anymore because it was all in his head because he was constantly around it. So his brain remembered it all. That's the beautiful piece about your brain. So if you are constantly around the Word of God, it's easier to keep it there. Yeah. You know, it's easier to, to remember verses. You know, hey, yeah, this this story. And, and that's what's beautiful about when you study. And then you you remember, oh, yeah, this... This reminds me of what this Old Testament, you know, what Moses did. Yeah. You know, and so you see the perfection in God, how he's, it's like really foreshadowing Christ and everything. And and you wouldn't get there and you wouldn't see the similarities unless you're constantly in the Word. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the beauty about it, you know, Mm. because you're constantly in the Word, you're going to be constantly remembered of the Word. And so that's what it's about. That's why we continue to make them stronger in the Lord. Because you, you continue to make them stronger so they can go out and be teachers. You know, and that's really, to go back to verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 5, that's really what he's talking about. It's the natural form of things to be teachers. To be willing to go out. That's the natural form of things. It's the natural way to just go out and bring others to Christ. You know, rinse, cycle, repeat type of thing. Yeah, and and I think we're about out of yeah, time. Yeah, we right? are out of time. I knew it. I was looking for teach Second Timothy two two. Is it teach others so they can teach? Uh, yeah, yeah. Second Timothy two two. Uh, for kings and all who are in authority. You, you might be First Timothy right there. Oh, I am. That's what's wrong. That's why it didn't sound right. Second Timothy two two says, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men <laughs> who will be able to teach others also. Yeah. That that's, is the natural form of things. That's the point. Teach, you know, teach others about the Lord so they can go out and bring others and, to the Lord. You know, David Porter made a good point um, the other day, you know, when Caleb and Paxson. It's really nice to see younger kids do like that and get up and and be interested in, in God's word. Yeah. Be faithful and want to work. And it's so encouraging because without them, the church dies. That's right. And so it's very important for us to teach our kids, the next generation, and that, and show them God's word. Yeah. Show them the pattern. Show them everything so that they can continue on and serve God. And, um, you know, and that's what God wants us to do. That's right. So that's probably a decent place to end. Very good. Uh, we've we've really enjoyed the study, and man, did it go fast! It always does, though. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, well, uh, next week you're gonna hear more on this, where as p- part of evangelism and 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 how we can make ourselves better, more efficient, and um, uh, more capable of going out and teaching God's word. So we'll look forward to a study next week, and and uh, we appreciate you uh, being with us. Give us a share, give us a like, subscribe so you know when there's a new episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.